Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number two of Five Minute Popcast, brought to you by 5minpopcorn.wix, W-I-X site.com forward slash blog. My name's Nick, I'm the host of this weekly podcast that brings you everything to do with Walt Disney World. This week, I have a very special guest named Amy Frank. She's a senior travel planner over at Tink's Magical Vacation, and she's going to let us know everything that we need to know about Fast Passes. This episode of 5-Minute Popcast is sponsored by Tink's Magical Vacation. They are a Disney-authorized travel agency. They come with years of experience, friendly service, and best of all, they are completely free. For more info, you can head over to www.tinksmagicalvacations.com for help with an existing trip or plans for your next one. Again, that is www.tinksmagicalvacations.com. All right, guys, I am super excited to announce Amy Frank from Tink's Magical Vacations. She is a senior travel planner over there, and she's on today. She's going to talk to us a little bit about Fast Passes, a couple tips and tricks, and just really how to work out your Fast Passes for your next trip. How are you doing today, Amy? I'm doing great, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. I'm very excited to talk with you. So uh, why don't you uh, give our, our listeners a little bit of idea what the Fast Passes are? Okay, Nick. Yeah. Well, I think first, the biggest misconception with fast passes is a lot of people think that they have to pay for them. And the great thing about fast passes is they are free. They are included um, in everyone's um, uh, tickets, whether you're staying on property or off. Um, and uh, if you stay on property, uh, you will be able to select your fast passes uh, 60 days in advance to your trip. Um, where if you stay off property, uh, you can select them 30 days. So obviously those uh, guests staying on property are at an advantage. Um, but regardless, everyone gets fast passes, um, and there's no extra charge for that. Um, the way it works is you can select three fast passes for one park uh, per day of your stay. All of those fast passes, they do need to be in the same theme park. Um, but once you've used all three of those fast passes, you can go ahead and choose an additional fast pass, and that fast pass can be in any park. So if you do have that park hopper option, um, you can use that fourth and, and more pass um, passes in a, a additional theme parks. So the way it works is once once you've completed the first three, then you go and you can either go on your mobile app on your phone or a kiosk in the park and select a fourth fast pass. Um, once you've finished that fast pass, you can then uh, select another one. So it kind of goes on and on and on. Yes, I know um, with our past trip, we kind of learned, you know, after years of doing the fast passes, hey, if we get these fast passes done in the morning, then it gives us a whole afternoon of extra fast passes we can select. And one of the really cool Thanks. things about doing that was is that um, we actually – we were like, hey, let's go to Fantasmic our last time we were at um, Hollywood Studios. And we're like, ah, I don't know. I don't really want to wait in the line. It's like, oh, wait, we still have one of those Fast Passes. And we were able to get all five of us. You know, and again, I say all five of us in for that Fast Pass, which was a, a, a blessing in disguise. Exactly. And that's a great tip, Nick, because I would never use your first three Fast Passes on um, an experience like Fantasmic because by doing that, you're not going to be able to get additional ones. But keeping in mind that once you've done those three, you still have those extra ones. And usually Fantasmic one is one that you can get the additional fast passes for. So that's a great tip there. 
Yeah, definitely. Now, keep in mind with the shows, guys, um, you know, one of the really cool ones at Animal Kingdom we had the pleasure of going to is the Rivers of Light show. Yes, Fantasmic, stuff like that. It's a little bit older, so it's a little bit easier to get those um, tickets. But if you've been to the parks in the past few years, I've seen the line that is waiting for uh, the um, Rivers of Light, and it might be a little bit tougher for some of the other shows. So just keep that in mind in your planning if you are planning to kind of use one of those later um, fast passes for, for a show. Now, um, one of the things that, um, you know, is kind of going on at the parks is, you know, as everyone knows, is uh, Toy Story Land is opening or has opened up at uh, Hollywood Studios. And in that, um, they have a tiered system for the Fast Passes. Um, do you want to explain to us a little bit about the tiered system? Um, that way, kind of let the guests, you know, understand how that works. Yes, Nick. Yeah. So each um, park uh, has different different options for your Fast Passes. Magic Kingdom, um, all of the Fast Passes are all uh equally you, there's no tiered system for the for the magic kingdom so for magic kingdom you can you can pick three fast passes you have a choice of any of the attractions that they have fast passes for hollywood studios epcot and animal kingdom all have a tiered system um and they do this because there are some more popular attractions that they put in the tier 1 um, that you you can only choose one of those attractions to get a fast pass from, and then you can choose two from the tier two. This does make it a little bit more challenging, obviously, to get on those um, uh, big attraction rides. So for Hollywood Studios, all of the Toy Story Land attractions, uh, the to- uh, Slinky Dog Dash, uh, Alien Swirling Saucers, and Toy Story Mania are all in tier one. And then the rest of the attractions are Tier 2. So you do need to choose between Slinky Dog Dash, Toy Story Mania, and uh, Alien Swirling Saucers. Um, for Hollywood Studios, I recommend um, choosing that Slinky Dog Dash since it's, you know, obviously the most popular, uh, I think, attraction in, in Hollywood Studios. A little tip, if you can't, uh, since you're only getting that Fast Pass for one of those attractions, plan on arriving, you know, as soon as the park opens or even earlier and you can ride those other uh, attractions standby, um, and your wait time is still going to be not as bad as if if you were doing it later on in the day. Um, moving on to Epcot, um, similar tiering, you have a choice between Frozen Ever After, uh, Soren, Test Track, and they've now moved the Meeting the Disney uh, character uh, character spot, the uh, Meeting Disney Pales at Epcot to uh, Tier 1, and then also Illuminations, Reflections of Earth, as we discussed the uh, the nighttime attractions. That one is in Tier uh, tier 1 as well. Um, again, for this one, it's a tough choice <laughs> to choose yeah. which, which you're going to choose. Um, I often will say, uh, if you don't have young ones, choosing Soaring and then trying to do Test Track Standby because you have that single rider. So if you've got, you know, older older kids or if you're traveling with just adults, um, the, the single rider line for Test Track is usually very manageable, and so you can get to still do Test Track. You won't be able to ride as a family all together. You might be in separate cars. Um, but Soren is a great one to use that Fast Pass for. Or if you're planning two days in Epcot, um, you can choose one of those Tier 1 attractions um, on, you know, your first day, and then you can choose another one on the second day. 
Um, and then moving over to Animal Kingdom, your Tier 1 attractions are Flight of Passage and the Navi River Journey, which we all know Flight of Passage <laughs> is probably one of the hottest attractions at Disney World right now. Um, yes, so have always, you been on it? I have, I have. It is, it is, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> oh, it's sounds it beyond what, what I've seen. Yeah, it, it was, it was phenomenal. My, my fiance was bummed. We got all the way through the fast pass line and, and right the last second she had to use the restroom. And <laughs> oh, no. so let me tell you, I, I got to really enjoy the ride. She, she was a little bummed out, but I think on, on our uh, December trip, she'll, she'll be able to say, hop on there with the kids and really enjoy it. Yeah, it is a great ride, and that one I would definitely uh, use that Fast Pass for. Navi River Journey, again, it's a beautiful ride, but I think, you know, if you can get to uh, to Animal Kingdom right as the park opens, you probably could do that one standby. Um, or yeah, that one, to too, it seems like around the dinner time had a had a pretty, you know, moderate line. Again, you know, when we say moderate at Disney, keep in mind, you know, a moderate line can be up to an hour, but twice the yeah. passage can be up to three. So that that hour is, is definitely a lot a lot easier to wait in than the three hours with flight. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So So do you have any uh, good tips or tricks for us on, you know, best way to kind of you know, we're on our sixty day mark, you know, it's it's time to get on there at seven o'clock, you know, is there any tips or tricks that you have to kind of to to make it easier on, on the guests for uh to, to get their fast passes? I do, I do. I actually, I, I, I highly recommend um, anyone that's doing their fast passes to book them as early as possible. So if if you are staying on property, I would plan on getting online, um, and I think it's better to do it on your computer versus on the mobile app. I think it's just a little bit easier to maneuver getting your fast passes going through your computer through the My Disney Experience website. Um, but I, I recommend doing it at 7 a.m. as soon as you can do it. Um, now, if you're looking for Flight of Passage or Slinky Dog Dash, uh, for example, um, keep in mind, you know, if you're staying for a week, um, you might want to choose your Animal Kingdom Day or your Hollywood Studio Day to be later in your vacation versus, you know, that first or second day because you're going to find when you're looking for Fast Pass availability, the availability is going to be better the further out in your vacation as possible. So keep in mind that people have been booking fast passes, you know, days before you, and if their vacation, you know, overlaps your vacation, you just have a better chance of availability the further out you book. So when you're booking your fast passes, they do not have to be in chronological order. You don't have to go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So you could skip to Friday, book, you know, Animal Kingdom Day fast passes first, and then work backwards to the ones that might be a little bit easier to get. Um, another tip I have is if you find, you know, you really want Flight of Passage and you're you're looking on that Friday and you have a family of five and you're not finding anything, don't give up. The biggest tip I have is if you can't find it, what you can try to do is if you have a family of five, go and try to see if you can get two Fast Passes. Oftentimes, you will find smaller party availability and then but then you're thinking oh no well I've only got two people what do I got to do with the other three go and try again and you may not find the exact times um uh time window for the for the fast pass but you might find overlapping times so there might be like a 15 minute period that you would be able to ride that attraction as a family all together so exactly um, yeah yeah, don't give up if you can't find them because oftentimes if you narrow your your travel party you can those those fast passes will become available. 
And one thing to really keep in mind, guys, when you have your available time, so once that time hits, and correct me if, you know, I might have a logistics a little bit off here, Amy, so correct me if, uh-huh. I, you know, if I'm wrong, but once that time hits, you have an hour to hop on that fast pass line. So when, you know, Amy is saying, you know, maybe you can have that overlap, say you do a 7 o'clock and a 7.30, 7.45, well, that 7 o'clock is still within the same hour as that 7.30 or 7.45. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And, you know, in some cases, they'll allow you to arrive, you know, five minutes early, five minutes late. Again, that's that's not a hard rule. So, you know, I would really try to, you know, stay within that hour window. Um, but, yeah, that's that's you, you have an hour after booking your first fast pass. You cannot book your second fast pass um, for another hour. So if you have a fast pass at 10 o'clock, you're not going to be able to pick your second fast pass at 10:30. It's going to have to be at least 11 o'clock to get that second fast pass, and so on. So um, just keep in mind in planning that you really need to plan an hour for each of those fast passes. Oh, this is great. I'm I'm really learning a lot for our our next trip. Now, one thing that I'm curious if you know, being that you're the uh, the fast pass guru with with uh, Tinks, um, when say you know for instance I miss my first fast pass. Can I reuse that at a different time? Does that mess up me using that fourth fast pass after finishing my three? You can't reuse it, but what you can do, and this is important, everyone's going to want to download the My Disney Experience um, free app to their phone. Um, If you have missed a fast pass, you can go in and you can modify it, and you can change the time, or you can change the the actual attraction to something else, but you're not going to be able to go back and, and... do that attraction if you've missed the time. You know, if it's, you know, just a couple minutes, they might let you on. But if it's, you know, you've completely, you know, forgotten about it or you didn't get the the park in time, just go on the mobile app and you can modify it. Now, keep in mind it's going to be subject to what's available. So that's why your little tip of doing your fast passes, the three fast passes, earlier in the day because once you've used those, during that day, there's going to be limited attractions left for, you know, for your fourth and fifth and sixth fast pass. So keep in mind, as you're modifying, you might not be able to get some of those big headliner attractions, but you can certainly change it to whatever is available. Yeah, and um, one thing that I could say, too, um, you know, if, if you don't get your fast passes and say you go back up until the time and you can't find that fast pass, keep in mind, road dropping isn't the worst thing. If you say you use one of your snack credits, get a quick breakfast, Hop right on the express, get over to your park, and um, if you're not familiar with, with what a rope drop is, guys, pretty much, you know, the park does its opening, um, but each lane itself also has its own individual opening. So you get to be right there waiting, you're kind of in line ahead of time, and I've noticed that a lot of times you can get to those e-ticket attractions um, pretty easily, and you have a moderate wait. I know Epcot, I usually rope drop before the kids and the fiancé are up, and I get over to Test Track, I get that done. You know, obviously, i got to hop on Spaceship Earth because that's my absolute favorite. I could recite you just about the whole thing. But really, you know, you know, don't be stressed if you don't get those fast passes. There are still options, and there are still a little bit of tricks when you're in the park without using a fast pass to still get a, a small weight. Now, things like Flight of Passage, everybody else is going there. You know, keep that in mind. That is a big one. Um, there is a, a secondary entrance by the, the – um, the Lion King show um, in the African area of Animal Kingdom. But even if you know that tip, survey says you and everyone else is kind of running right to that ride because it is a three-hour wait. 
Exactly, yeah. But the, honestly, Nick, that is the probably the number one tip I tell all of my clients is get up. I know you're on vacation, but if you want if you want to do rides, the best advice is to get there early, and you're going to find you're going to be able to do so much more in those first three hours of the day than you will, you know, all afternoon because that's when, you know, the parks are not as busy. My family often in Magic Kingdom, we get there right at rope drop. My kids can often ride Space Mountain several times before the lines really get too long um, without a fast pass. You were saying for uh, for Avatar, for Flight of Passage, you know, I know a lot of people that really want to do that right if they don't get fast passes will show up an hour before the park opens, which is a sounds a little crazy. But if you get there, people will line up before the park opens. And, you know, sometimes you're waiting an hour still, but then once the park opens, you're basically being ushered to the ride and you don't have a long wait once you once the park opens. So, you know, if, if right. you're an early so buyer and might... you really want to do it, <laughs> that's the way to do it. <laughs> well, yeah, and that hour might seem daunting, but if you think about it, you know, something that's a three-hour wait, if you wait an hour and then waited a half hour in the line for or the queue for the ride, an hour and a half wait really isn't get bad compared to that three, three and a half hour wait, especially when it's, you know, the hottest part of the day, you know, you've got a kid who's grumpy, a kid who's hungry, a big kid like me who's very hungry. And, you know, so those mornings are, are definitely a, a thing to utilize. Exactly. And I'd rather spend an hour and a half waiting when I couldn't be doing anything else. The park's closed, so it's not like you're missing out on anything. So, you know, yeah, it is time that's being spent, but it's not being wasted where you could be doing other attractions other than sleeping, Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> and as the early mornings go, too, guys, um, keep in mind, one of the things that we love to do is we find a dining reservation for our breakfast at the park right around opening because they let you in a little bit early to get in there. Um, it, it really opens up for some great photo opportunities. But that way, too, you're kind of already in the park. Sometimes, you know, I think um, last year we were going over to um, be our guest, and we happened to walk past the um, um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, and the guy was like, hey, you, you guys want to come for a ride? And, I mean, we yeah. all five of us got on in about two seconds, and then we went, went right over had our breakfast, came right back out, and it was still, you know, pretty late in the day, you know, pretty early in the day, so there wasn't a whole lot of, of people around, not to mention we were already kind of right in the hot zone being at the back of the park. So that, that's something right. to also keep in mind when you're doing your advanced dining re- reservations before your fast passes come up. Exactly. No, that's a great tip. All right. Well, I am so happy to have had you on. Um, I, I know personally I'm going to use about 20 of these things on our next trip. But, um, you know, thank you so much for coming on. I, I hope that we can have you on again. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Nick. It's been great talking to you. If you need help with a current Disney trip, or a future one, make sure you head over to TinksMagicalVacations.com. They are a Disney-authorized travel agency. They're extremely knowledgeable, friendly, and best of all, completely free. Head on over to www.TinksMagicalVacations.com today. So a new segment I'm adding to the podcast is going to be a Today in Disney History. If you follow me on social media, you might be aware of this. Um, once a day, I usually post something that happened through Disney history on that date. So today's date, the date that this episode is going to be airing, 
is August 27th. Um, there's a couple really cool things that have happened on August 27th. The first of which that I want to bring up is on 1964, the Disney live action and animated film Mary Poppins was released to the, in a world premiere at the Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood Studio. Another really cool thing that happened over at Disneyland is Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse Theater opens. Outside of that, seems like there's uh, quite a few uh, Disney animators that came into the company, but those seem like some really cool updates that I wanted you guys to hear. Definitely hop on um, iTunes Music or uh, Google Play to uh, rate and write a review if this is something you want to keep hearing. Definitely let me know. Welcome to this week's This Week in Disney. Uh, there's one really big update that I'm going to talk to you guys about today. Uh, most of you may know that coming into this season is the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party has started. Now, keep in mind, if you're not planning on going to this, uh, this special event at Magic Kingdom, the, days that, uh, the dates that this is open and, and happening, guests without tickets to the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party will uh, not be able to stay at the park for a full day. It does close early, um, but some of the really cool things that are happening this year for the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is the usual Hocus Pocus Villain Spectacular, the Mickey's Boo to You Halloween Parade, and the Happy Halloween's Wishes Fireworks. Um, now, a few new additions this year is that the Mad Tea Party is going to be adding a new light effect show that will happen at nighttime to kind of give that spooky feeling for the uh, holiday season. Another really cool thing that's happening um, with the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party is that Pirates of the Caribbean is adding a live character named Gutter uh, Gunpowder Pete to the attraction. Now, this person will be moving throughout the attraction. It seems to me like Johnny Depp's appearance last year before his uh, movie premiere might have shooed them in the right direction to add a live character to the show. But this is something really cool going on for the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party fans. Um, and lastly, something that is being added this time of year as well is that over in the Tomorrowland area... Space Mountain has added a new soundtrack to its ride portion of the attraction. Now, when you're walking through the queue, you're going to see, still hear the same music and tones that you've heard from, the, from multiple other trips that you've taken or any other time you, you've uh, had a chance to either watch the, the ride queue or be on it yourself. But once you hop on the ride and you take off, there's going to be a new futuristic soundtrack that you get to enjoy. Outside of that, not a whole lot going on new at the parks. But Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween is something I really wanted to bring up to you. And definitely make sure you check out some of the new items. Um, one of the main things that I really want to check out myself is certainly going to be the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean traction. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of 5-Minute Popcast brought to you by 5minpopcorn.wix.com forward slash blog. I just want to extend a very special thanks to Amy for coming on this week and talking to us about Fast Passes. If you guys have any other questions for Amy, you can go over to tinksmagicalvacations.com or you can ask her a question directly on Facebook at Tinks Magical Vacations with Amy. 
If you have any other questions about Walt Disney World or just want to find some cool info, make sure you head over to our website. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at at 5MINPopcorn and on Twitter at 5 underscore MINPopcorn. There's lots of really cool stuff, lots of cool photos, and cool tips that come out every day. 